Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey everyone, welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I have a very, very special guest with me today. And we're going to be discussing Christmas and Advent and just some things that I believe will be a blessing for you and your family. But before I get into the subject today or the broadcast, let me give you the phone number because this is a call-in show, a live call-in show, and we welcome and appreciate your calls and comments. You can call in at 719-719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341, and we'll be taking your calls in the latter part of the broadcast. So, Got a few quick announcements, some exciting things coming up in the very, very near future. We've got our Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference, Phoenix, Arizona, Gospel Truth Conference 2024. That's January the 4th through the 6th, January 4th, 5th, and 6th. And that'll be held at the Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa. That's the Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa. Uh, Andrew will be there, Andrew Walmack speaking, and Pastor Jim Baker. And we've, we've heard Pastor Baker. I've had him at uh, Victory Life for our, our Jubilee, and he's a blessing. You will be blessed at that conference. Then on January the 27th, that's a Saturday, January the 27th, We've got a Stand Foundation and the Called Church Service. It's called the Stand Foundation and the Called Church Service. And that's in Virginia with Bishop E.W. Jackson and Andrew Walmack. And that, that'll be held at 700 Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23-320 United States. Again, you can register for that conference at the standamerica.us, standamerica.us for that conference. The Phoenix conference, you'll need to register for that, and, and that'll be a blessing, and that's at awmi.net.net. I want to encourage you to go to our website and make that uh, material available. We make it available to you. Um, there are a lot of resources available that'll help you navigate these challenging times and answer a lot of your questions. We also have a 24-hour news feed that is updated every 15 minutes on current events and specifically conservative, conservative outlets. And so that'll be a blessing to you. Also, all of our Truth and Liberty broadcasts are archived and you can go back and watch them on demand or share them with family and friends. Well, let's get into our broadcast today. And again, I have a, a very special guest, 
uh, Pastor Jacob Sheriff, and he's the pastor now of Victory Life, which is a multi-site um, ministry and church, mainly in three different states. And I really believe they're about to expand in other states here soon, but we're in Texas and Oklahoma and in Colorado. And Jacob, again, there's 10 locations that he oversees as the senior uh, pastor. And uh, we have an online community that is international, that is a real blessing. And uh, Jacob is is married now and been married, I think, 16 years 16 to Hannah years. Mm -hmm. with five beautiful children. We've got Adaya and Olivia and Emma and Israel and uh, Urias. And Urias mm -hmm. is our miracle baby that some of you, not all of you, but some of you have heard the testimony of him being literally raised from the dead and our 21-day journey <laughs> of miracles, of the healing of all of his organs. And he's prosperous. Those of you that have not been able to keep up with us, he is doing fantastic. He's in school now, and uh, it's just wonderful. I got to spend a whole day with him just recently and the other children, and, boy, he really likes playing basketball. <laughs> yep. And he's good. I mm -hmm. think he's going to be really good. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, Jacob, again, is our host today. And we're going to be discussing Advent, the Christmas season, and just some things that I think will be beneficial to you and your family. And perhaps if you're a pastor watching, these are some things maybe that we'll be sharing that could help you with, with your church and with focus. Because, man, one of the greatest challenges, even for me to this day, is focus during mm -hmm. this time. I, I need to get to you, but I just want to say it, it seems easier for me to focus other times of the year mm -hmm. easier personally than than even the Christmas season because mm -hmm. it's so busy. So yeah. welcome to the show. It's good to have you back yeah. again, Jacob, and uh, tell us a little bit about Advent. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, uh, you know, being, being raised in a uh, anti-legalistic uh, no. church and no. home. No, you were raised in an anti-legalistic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was it a grace home or something? Oh, or it, was a grace? A gra it was oh, a grace okay. home. <laughs> but it also uh, had uh, any uh, any whiff of uh, tradition. Uh, we, you know, the uh, traditions of men making the word of God of none effect was definitely one of the highlight verses <laughs> of our whole life. And I'm very grateful for that. I, I'm very grateful. I never struggled in legalism. Um, but when I, uh, became a young adult and, uh, around this time of year, you know, we would celebrate Christmas growing up and, uh, we never really made it a huge deal, but, uh, but it was still something we celebrated. And by the time I became a young adult in my early twenties, um, I, I just really struggled with um, being cynical about a consumeristic society and uh, how Christmas, the, the celebration of the incarnation, uh, Jesus coming to, to us, uh, getting hijacked by marketing and uh, companies trying to bolster their fourth quarter numbers. And I just got really cynical. And... Um, I was I, I became a Grinch because I thought that like <laughs> um, I thought the only options were you either have to be Buddy the Elf and kind of pretentious uh, uh, celebration if if you didn't really mean it you just have to pretend your way into this kind of uh, 
overt celebration or you're a Scrooge uh, and you just uh, hate all of it. And it's like, I, I, I didn't really want to, to be in either of those ditches. I just want to follow Jesus. And uh, in the process, uh, I, we had had, I'd gotten married, which my wife uh, loves Christmas. Her birthday is close to Christmas. So it's super celebration. And I could just tell yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't being a good husband. And then we had had uh, our first child uh, and it's like, I want to be a better father. And I don't just want to be cynical and, and mean during this time, just because I'm, I'm irritated at a consumeristic culture. And that's when I discovered um, that for like 17, nearly 1800 years, the church had celebrated this season that is called Advent. And um, it's, it's the, the four Sundays that lead into Christmas. So it's not just everything hustling and bustling towards this one single day. It's a, a time of reflection and attention on the incarnation. The incarnation is way too beautiful to just have as a single day and it's over. Um, historically, actually, there's 12 days of Christmas, but, um, but the season that leads into that, the church called Advent. Advent is just a, it comes from a Latin word that means arrival or coming. And for me, just the, the simple aspect of this is you can't focus on everything all the time. You have to focus on a few things. Uh, and in our discipleship to Jesus, we, we want to, to focus on him and different aspects of who he is and what he's done uh, at different times. You're not going to be able to focus on everything. And so it makes sense that we would take a, a period of the year to pay attention to his birth and what it means and reflect on what that means and what it means for us. But uh, what Advent does uh, and the way you can work through this and celebrate this is what it does is it, it makes us pay attention to living in the tension between the two advents of Christ, that we live in between his first advent. And yes, that's what we celebrate in this time. It's, it's what we want to honor, we want, what, do we, what we want to reflect on, but we also live in front of and moving toward the second advent of Christ. And so we just as followers of Jesus need to learn, well, how do we live well in between those two advents? And uh, for me, when I discovered this and have grown in myself and just my own learning and my own searching um, and then starting to lead others through that, that, that you truly can be a follower of Jesus and not succumb to just consumerism in our world uh, or have to be pretentious about it. Uh, and that's just, that's probably the, the, the best summary. Um, there's obviously more to it. Um, but in the in the sense, it's it's the four Sundays that lead into Christmas, and you focus on different aspects of uh, what it means to live in between the two advents of Christ. First week, the first Sunday of Advent uh, is hope. The second one is peace. The third one is joy, and then the fourth one is love. Now, those are those are historical um, events in which mm -hmm. people focused. I mean, 17, 1800 years is a long time. It is. Uh, and so those were the four things, though. You didn't make those up. Nope. You didn't just come up with that on your own. Mm -mm. You've dug this out and, and named those four things again. And what, what you're doing is you take the church, and, and we need things, brothers and sisters. We need to develop culture within the church. And, and much of what makes up culture is celebrations. Mm -hmm. uh, what you honor, what you celebrate, what you elevate, 
uh, is to be celebrated. And so give give our viewers again the four weeks. So yeah. and, and elaborate just a little bit on each week. So yeah. this is how you take a church, a community, and bring us into unity around the first advent, yeah. the first arrival of Jesus. And so give us all four and then uh, break each one down somewhat to yeah. give us some information. So again, that we want to pay very close attention and be drawn into the mystery of the incarnation and not just hurry through it, not just let culture, the culture we live in, uh, which is a, which in America is a consumeristic culture. We don't just want to succumb to, to that uh, culture of just buying. So we want to, to pay attention to Jesus and uh, the four Sundays leading into that uh, is about paying attention to his first incarnation and how we live well to his second, his second coming. So uh, the first Sunday is hope. Second Sunday is peace. Third Sunday is joy. And fourth Sunday is love. Hope, uh, we, we actually live in a, in, a, in a time where we're, I think we're in an epidemic of despair. Um, that, I mean, when, when, when you got teenage suicide spiking on the rise, um, despair and hopelessness is just, that's what's common, that people, they look out into their future and they only see things getting worse. They don't see things getting better. And uh, we, we are instructed to live in hope. What does that mean? Uh, it means that, that uh, I, I, I define hope a loose definition as a proper perspective of the future that then creates a positive attitude in the present. It's a proper perspective of the future in that you, you anchor your present moment in an, uh, a whole time, a God's faithfulness over the course of time. And by looking at uh, the first advent of Christ, by looking at uh, his, the incarnation, that in the worst of circumstances, in the worst of seasons, in the worst of human history, God faithfully sent his son. And that's worth paying attention to. Like what made him do that? It was simply out of his love. And so we also then are given promises that he shall come again. Uh, in Titus chapter 2, the apostle Paul writing to his protege Titus, he says that, that we, we are waiting for the blessed hope the hope that is blessed, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're given a promise that Christ will come again. And our perspective of that is a hope. We live in hope that he will come again, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can live now when things around us look like they're just getting worse. They look like they're getting more chaotic. We can live in hope of that future coming. And the reason why we can trust God in that is we saw his faithfulness in the first coming. And so that's, that's a hope that you pay attention to waiting. That's why I think hope starts is it's four weeks before Christmas. So it, you're paying attention to the waiting. Yeah. Uh, what are we waiting for? Uh, and yes, we kind of see examples of that by putting gifts under the tree and our children are waiting for those gifts to be unwrapped. We're working through our five-year-old Urias that he's like, why can't this, if it's, is it my birthday? Why can I not open that? Why are there other people's presents? Is this my presence? Why does Bubba get a present? Uh, so we're, we're teaching him all that, but all that is about that waiting and anticipation. That's a yeah. hope. Yeah. So we focus on that. 
uh, in the first week, and you take time to focus on that. The second week is peace, uh, and uh, probably the more famous uh, uh, Christmas verses come from Isaiah uh, that um, that Jesus that we see fulfilled in Jesus uh, is that for us a, a, a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders uh, and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace and then verse 7 this is Isaiah 14 yeah, Isaiah 14, 6 and 7. Um, I'm sure I have it uh, written out. Yeah. Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. You're right. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. Correct. Good job. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, son. Um, <laughs> that he's called the Prince of Peace. And then verse 7, it says, And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Um, the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. So by taking time to pay attention to Jesus being the Prince of Peace, what does that mean? And that the government is on his shoulders, peace is on his shoulders, and the increase of that government and of peace, there shall be no end. So we live, again, in between the, the time where his first advent, where uh, the, the, the announced peace on earth, goodwill toward men, the angels announced that Jesus introduced peace. The word peace in Hebrew is shalom. And that's not just the absence of conflict. It's not just uh, the absence of a distorted or a tenuous relationship. The, the word shalom means a completeness. It's, it's, it, it, it speaks of a, a multifaceted uh, item like a rock um, or a uh, 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 well, to be a human, our lives are very fragmented. There's so many complexities to our life of relationships, of our internal world, of our work and money, all these different pieces. When things are in a state of shalom, all those things are in a state of wholeness, a state of working together. Uh, that's what Jesus does as the Prince of Peace is he puts things back together. Um, and so we live in between where there will be a day where everything wrong will be made right. Um, that, that when he comes again, that, that, uh, that upon his return, everything that sin and death has touched and broken will be healed and restored. Uh, that is the ultimate shalom. Well, we live now in between, and we live in a state where things aren't complete and whole, but we can put our trust in Jesus and in living in relationship with him, he puts things back together. He puts things in a state of wholeness. Well, that leads into joy. Well, joy, uh, there's a whole lot to joy. That's actually a big development in my life right now, learning joy of the nine fruits of the Spirit. For whatever reason, for me, <laughs> joy has been the most difficult. Um, and so I'm learning things about joy now that probably too much for, for now, but, um, but joy is that positive attitude that when we, we, when we live in, in hope, that proper perspective of the future, that then creates a positive attitude in the presence. And we live in close relationship with the Prince of Peace. And um, joy is the, this attitude of well-being. When we live in a state of joy, like if we sat over dinner and we just laughed and laughed and laughed, no one has ever ended that dinner of laughter regretting it. Uh, joy is the sense of well-being. Things are just right, and I can be in joy about that. Well, we look at our world. Things aren't right. Um, 
So how do we live in joy that isn't pretentious? Well, we stay connected to the one who, who gives us joy. joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and we find that in relationship with him. That leads us into love and our connection to God's love. Uh, love is God's character, and we see that character revealed in Christ Jesus that then restores our love for God. His, we see his love for us. Our love for him is restored. Then we become the kind of people who grow in that love toward one another. And so, I mean, that's a very brief summary, but those, those, those are the different aspects of how we focus leading into Christmas so that by the time we get to Christmas, we haven't just rushed our way there yeah, and now yeah. we're giving gifts and, and we don't even know why we're doing this. Yeah, we try to say Jesus is the reason for the season, but are, are, is that really what we've done up until that day? Well, Advent and uh, the different aspects of, of Advent just invites us to slow that down and pay attention and to live um, as an alternative to the consumer-driven hustle of the world, we can pay attention to Jesus. And that's part of just our discipleship is you're not going to be able to focus on everything all at once. So by focusing on his incarnation and taking an entire season to focus on it, it helps us live well in between the two advents of Christ, his Absolutely. first coming and his second coming. Absolutely. Well, that, that was a brief overview, and I guarantee you, you're going to have some questions. Uh, we'll be taking your calls in the next section of the program uh, at 719-619-2341. And uh, again, I love this time of the year. Uh, I went through a lot I was kind of shocked. Looking back now, um, some of the opposition I got during yeah. Christmas, uh, you know, it stunned me at the time. But mm-hmm. even looking back, I haven't had near the opposition I had yeah. years ago. Uh, and I don't quite know why or or why the opposition. But I remember just constant issues people would bring up during the season and one of them you 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 indirectly addressed was even the day mm-hmm. you know well i would get pushed back at people well well jesus wasn't born on the 25th why are we celebrating christmas and i can remember my simple answer from the heart mm-hmm. uh which i believe was god in the first place well i'm not celebrating the day i'm not worshiping the day I'm, I'm celebrating the person. I'm celebrating the yeah. event. And we're going to have to celebrate it sometime during the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm okay with this time. It's like Sue and I, your your mom, uh, till the, this last year, we didn't celebrate our anniversary on our anniversary for yeah. over 40 years. Yeah. For 40 years, we were unable to celebrate our anniversary on yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. So obviously the day, thank God, or I'd be divorced. <laughs> Uh, the day wasn't the issue yeah. with, with your mom. The issue was being happily married mm-hmm. and celebrating our union and celebrating our life and all the fruit of our life. Yeah. That's what anniversary is for, for Sue. Uh, so don't get hung up on the day. Don't let anybody trip you up over the day. We're not worshiping the day. We're, we're worshiping uh, the first arrival of Jesus Christ yeah. and things of that nature. And then there were all kinds of other issues you know, that that people get hung up on. And I think what we're doing and what you're doing and what you've brought to the church with a month of a focus of a historical uh, tradition Mm -hmm. that's a healthy tradition, 
helps really answer all these other questions yeah. and eliminate the the, the strife. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, people were <laughs> having a meltdown over, you know, that the uh, shepherds and the wise men didn't show up at the manger at the same time. Mm -hmm. Well, duh, I know <laughs> because of Christmas plays and we're in a hurry mm -hmm. and we're trying to tell a message that even a month isn't enough time to to um, amplify the beauty of this advent, mm -hmm. uh, people get confused. And so thinking, well, the wise men and then hung up on so much, yeah. not only in the world, but in the church. Yeah. And so what I appreciate about what you've done and what you're doing, and that I believe will help you, your family and your churches, uh, is to come back to that focus. That's the issue. And take these four these four things. I, I know you talked about joy, and and I get I get where you're coming from as your father, and and just watching you evolve and mm -hmm. process and uh, mature and just such a blessing. But uh, the day of Christmas is not always joy for me. Now I know with your wife Hannah, mm -hmm. it's her love language mm -hmm. is giving. Mm -hmm. I mean, we figured that out mm -hmm. after 16 years. Yep. Hannah's love language is giving. So. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the joy and giddiness of her during Christmas, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, at least apart from us. Mm -hmm. But for me, man, we all get together. We're having a big dinner tomorrow, the, all the grandkids, all the kids. You know, we have a family tradition there mm -hmm. of celebrating uh, Jesus and life with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but for me, sometimes it's tormenting because that's when you four kids, I think you think the statue of limitations has run out on all the bad things you did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that I never knew about. So uh -huh. at Christmas, <laughs> everybody's fellowshipping and y'all tell a story and I'm going, what? Mm -hmm. That happened? Mm -hmm. uh, but I appreciate you bringing it back to a, a, a joy that's not based in circumstantial uh -huh. evidence. Yep. Just like peace, mm -hmm. uh, the Prince of Peace, and that God has made peace with us mm -hmm. in the first advent God has made peace with us yeah. through the blood of the cross. So we have to learn to be at peace with him mm -hmm. and each other now. Yeah. And of course, hope, uh, the hope of the resurrection, yeah. even in even celebrating the first advent, we're focused on he was faithful to come to save us. Yeah. He's faithful to come back to deliver us from all of this chaos, mm -hmm. all this unrighteousness and and death and darkness. And so there's the hope of the resurrection, our bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, after what I went through, uh, man, I, yeah. <laughs> I've got the hope of the resurrection and a new body. And a new body. Um, so how, how do you break it down, uh, again, categorically? How do you help the church even between Sundays? Yeah. Uh, keep focused because it's a hectic time. It's yeah. a busy time uh, for everybody. Well, uh, the most important thing is we don't condemn anybody for anything. That's Amen. always the most important. Well, you got the, you got the grace part, right, as a kid? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we want to do this by grace. Yeah. Uh, and so most of what we do is encourage. Uh, we encourage people. Um, we, we've done numerous things. We have a, an Advent guide that helps uh, give just different scripture readings, different uh, thoughts for, for each week to learn that, uh, families to practice, my, my family with our kids. We try on Sunday when we have dinner together Sunday evening. Sometimes we have to do it on Monday evening. But we take the Advent wreath and the candles, and we light each one, and we have a discussion about hope and then 
the second one piece. We have a discussion about that. And it's just, it's not elaborate. It's not, we're not trying to put any pressure on anything. It's just a way of in drawing our children in deeper. Um, and so we just encourage people. Here's some practices. Yeah. Here's some scriptures to read. And then start working on reducing your schedule instead yeah. of increasing your schedule. Yeah. Well, I just appreciate the balance. You know, I, I just had this and, and, and I'm nobody's accused me. You kids haven't overtly <laughs> accused me of being over grace or, mm -hmm. or, or over anti-tradition. But I had just such a fear uh, seeing the da damage yeah. of legalism, seeing the damage of all the commercialism and the misinformation mm -hmm. uh, that I, I may have pulled back, you know, a little bit too far personally, because I didn't want to drive you kids yeah. away. Yep. Uh, and maybe I wasn't as good with the church as you are now, but I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, we're going to take a 90 second break. We'll come back and, and take your calls uh, and then keep uh, elaborating on Advent. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, your host today. And I have Jacob Sheriff, pastor of Victory Life Church, a multi-site congregation in three different states as of now. And we're just discussing Christmas and the celebrating of Jesus and his first advent and even the context of that in the light of his second advent mm -hmm. that we are to not only focus on the first coming and all that Jesus provided, but we need to focus on he will come again. He will make things right. And that's a part of hope. It's a part of a peace and a peace in our heart of even a new heaven and a, and a new earth that uh, righteousness will rule and reign in. So let's take a couple of calls and then we'll elaborate. Uh, we appreciate you calling and we want to address any of your questions. Uh, we've got Eric on the line from Oklahoma. Eric, thank you for calling. Uh, what is your question, please? Hey, Pastor Dwayne, can you hear me? I can. Thank you for calling. 
Yes, uh, my question is, what is the third heaven? Are you referring to what Paul referred to in 2 Corinthians? I think it's chapter 12. Is that what you're asking, Eric? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm open for greater revelation. I think one of the things that that it keeps us tracking true is even what we know or we think we know, it's like an onion and there's, there's many layers. Uh, and so the, the third heaven that I believe uh, Paul is referring to in that particular passage is, is the presence of God and the saints uh, and what we just generally call heaven. There's a first, a first heaven, the atmospheric world that we all live in and breathe and that's the heaven we can live in and exist, and we get outside of that heaven, our bodies, our bodies can't can't live. And so, the second heaven, I believe, would be the cosmos, the universe itself. And then the third heaven is that that spiritual realm, that realm where God and the saints dwell. Uh, and Paul was caught up to that. I believe it was where and when he was stoned and left for dead. And he, he just received greater revelation from God. The apostles got around him and, and literally raised him from the dead. Uh, and, and he just had an encounter with Jesus and an encounter with that third heaven. The Bible speaks of a, of a new heaven and a new earth uh, wherein righteousness will reign. And that's the new creation. That's what we're headed toward. A part of Advent and, and what we're discussing uh, as it relates to heaven is the hope mm -hmm. of a better life, the hope of a better body, a resurrected body. This body can't enter that third heaven. It can't enter into outer space. If you go into outer space with this body, you well, you just cease to exist as far as your body. Uh, you will die. Uh, and even heaven itself, this body has to be sown and, and we receive a new body, an incorruptible body. And so there's going to be a new heaven, meaning whatever heaven is today, which I don't think any of us really yeah. know. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> I, I died and was in and out of my body a few times uh, in 2020. And, and I went to a, a, a different realm. And all I know is I saw Jesus. All I know is there was peace mm -hmm. and love that, that I cannot communicate to this day. And so that heaven and earth are merging. Mm -hmm. And I think you you have touched on that. And this is one of the things I love about you is you're not only taking the things I've taught you and I, I uh, in, in imparted, you've really built your own relationship truly with the Lord and, mm -hmm. and revelation yeah. of God to where it ministers to me. But you've talked about the overlapping yeah. before mm -hmm. of this heaven. Mm -hmm. And what I think, Eric, is that third heaven? You want to elaborate quickly on that? Sure. Do you yeah, remember you some were, of those? You things? were right about the <clears throat> the three: the the atmosphere, that's first heaven, and what we would call outer space, second heaven, cosmos, and then third heaven. That the uh, the in the garden, heaven and earth were married and overlapped, uh, and uh, humans are given responsibility for the earth and we just really messed it up. Um, and so it caused a, a, a separation, so to speak. But the way the whole Jewish understanding of the world through our Old Testament was that the temple was that place where heaven and earth intersected. Um, and then what we see in Jesus is Jesus was the place that heaven and earth 
was was one in and intersected and he was bringing heaven to earth and so we're we're to bring god's kingdom realm he gives us the 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 commission uh your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven uh and uh what now is is a little bit overlapped um in new creation in new heavens and new earth they will be married once again yeah. uh, heaven and earth will be married and it'll be as one and that's at the second advent mm-hmm. of the Lord. And I know theologically, we all still struggle. I do. I don't want to put Jacob on the spot, you know, with when is the Lord coming back Mm -hmm. and exactly what it's going to look like. But I do know he's coming back. Mm -hmm. And I do know the same way he left and ascended into heaven, he will descend from heaven and we will all see him. And then there'll be this new heaven. There'll be the purging of the earth. Mm -hmm. There'll be the merging again as in the garden and as already in Jesus and the new creation, but it'll be finalized, consummated, Mm -hmm. the the kingdom of God on earth. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the hope we have Mm -hmm. uh, in the resurrection, a blessed hope. Thanks for calling, Eric. I really appreciate the call. Let's go to Ethan in Michigan. Ethan, thank you for calling. Uh, What is your question, please? Did I lose you, Ethan? There you Hi, are. Can you hear me? I can now, Ethan. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, I wanted to call about our church's youth uh, outreach group, but I did want to quickly touch upon a caller from a few days ago who was struggling with Christianity and President Trump. And he brought up the fact that President Trump's been married three times. He's cheated on all his, all his wives. Uh, he slept with porn stars. But I thought that was very, very unfair because he forgot to mention he uses church in the Bible as political props. His cruelty makes a mockery of Jesus's teachings. He tried to subvert the 2020 election. He incited an insurrection. He abused the power well, card. The, the, yeah, he was let, impeached let's, twice. He wants yeah, loyalty yeah, oaths from, to him, not the Constitution. Uh, let's 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 hold on, Ethan, and let's go ahead and go to your question because you know that's not fair either for you to make all those accusations and we not be able to address each one and all the political posturing that's going on. Period. I get the heart of what you're saying, uh, and but I don't want to be unfair either way. And so either against him or for him, uh, none of us are, again, perfect, uh, flawless, even pastors. Uh, we make mistakes. We, we fall and fail. Uh, so I just, I just don't want to attack anybody right now uh, in, that, in that way. But I do appreciate you calling. Uh, and I would like to get to your question, though. We'll save all those comments maybe for another show and even a, a better host that can address each one specifically. We can't just rattle stuff off like that. Because even I know you, you, you're saying a lot of things though that are, are, are false information. It's, it's propaganda, it's, it's, it's not true. And so I don't, wanna, I don't wanna have to deal with all that. And I think other hosts maybe can even address specifically those, those concerns. And I think they're, they need to be talked about, but I'm just not in a position right now to do that. But I appreciate the call, and I do want to get to your question. What What is your question, though, for the program today? Because I, no, I, I wasn't understand. on that program. I wasn't hosting I, that I particular under- program. So I don't even know what I was under- said. 
Right. I understand. It just bothers me that he calls our soldiers suckers and losers. He verbally attacks war veterans and Gold Star families. Well, there's, 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 there's another side. There's another side to those stories, even though you're rattling them off again, brother. I love you. Uh, but again, the national media's reporting and hatred for Trump has to be factored in on some of these accusations as well. And again, I wasn't the host. I didn't deal with that call. Uh, let's let's I mean, I hear what you're trying to say, but I don't think it's fair for me not to address it. And I'm just not prepared to address all those directly on this program. So again, let's try one more time because I do hear your heart. Uh, what is your question for us today, though, on the subject we're talking about today? Well, my question is in, in, the, in our youth group. I do have some youths coming up to me and saying, why does the president make fun of the physically handicapped why does he make disparaging, misogynistic, and racist statements about women and racial minorities? Well, Why does he sir, tell us- I, sir, 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 I would recommend that you, you, you help your youth get better sources for information. A lot of that stuff your youth are hearing is the national media's narrative and propaganda and bias and prejudice against anyone that's not a liberal. And so they are being fed misinformation. So I would recommend that you that you help them find better sources. Truth and Liberty is one of those sources. I'd, I would take your youth to the Truth, Truth and Liberty website and look at some of the news feeds and articles we have available from more reliable news sources. Um, I, I, I haven't heard you say anything or your young people bring anything up uh, about the liberal woke movement that is, is poisoning them and defiling them. And Trump certainly isn't a, a vehicle of that. And so better news outlets is where I would take them. And then I would make sure as youth that you get them established in the word of God on how to discern good and evil, how to hear the voice of God. We need to be discipling our youth. Jacob was a youth pastor. So you have a legitimate issue here with your youth being told lies upon lies upon lies, not just about Trump, about every cultural issue, those same youths are being taught and told there's more than two genders. We better be discipling. They're being taught that homosexuality is okay, normal, to be celebrated and, uh, and embraced. So there's a lot of things your youth are hearing, not just Trump. And so how did you deal, because you were a youth pastor for mm. quite a few years at different locations, what advice would you give Ethan to help his youth. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't advise you to agree with the national media narrative and hatred for Trump that is being pushed down your use, your use throat. So, yeah, the most important <clears throat> is always going to be to to build a solid foundation in the Word of God. Uh, that was what I desired as a youth pastor is to uh, for for every teenagers. Uh, life to be anchored in the Word of God first. Um, that then develops the, the the ability to discern. And then when it comes to uh, issues in general or some of those specific things, uh, what you what you said, uh, pursue other sources, because um, we can't trust that what is said at a, at a mainstream media level is going to be true. There, some facts might be factual. Um, but 
it's always with spin um, is trying to push a narrative and uh, the the trust in the mainstream media is at an all time low um, because they're just not trustworthy. So um, so first it's the word of God. It's not just good news sources. If we don't anchor our lives in the word of God, then we can't build a solid foundation for any understanding of truth or facts to be built upon. Um, but then uh, pursuing other news sources to 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 not just passively hear um, information, but to dig out information. And when it comes to our concern, if we're concerned about something, then we need to pursue the deepest level of facts and truth um, rather than just receive whatever we're hearing. I'm just amazed, Ethan, that your young people could have the world and their narrative so memorized and so learned. I just can't imagine a young, a young person having all those facts, so-called facts, that clear. And what sources are they getting information from? We need to get the Word of God into their hearts, into their lives, because the deception in this world, it's getting worse and worse. Timothy, Paul talked to Timothy uh, about how that, that deception and deceivers are going to get worse and worse. And man, our young people are being exposed to so much fraud, so much lies uh, that we're really in a bad place. But that's where the church comes in. We're that source of, of, of love, of mercy, of forgiveness, of hearing two sides to every story. I would recommend, Ethan, that you talk to your youth and go, have you talked to Trump? Have you met Trump? Uh, have you heard his side of the story of the national narrative against him? Uh, have you ever heard of a president impeached when out of office? You, you mentioned that he got impeached twice. I know of no historical fact of a president being impeached when out of office. That's how fraudulent that impeachment was. And yet our young people don't know that. We got to get better information to them. Thanks so much for the call, Ethan, from Michigan. Let's go to Linda in Illinois. Uh, thank you for calling, Linda. Uh, what is your question? Yeah, on the lighter side. <laughs> thank you for lightening it back up. That was like a fire hydrant. But go ahead, take it a drink. But go ahead, Linda. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, you passed away and was face-to-face -face with Jesus. And I have just always yes. wanted to know, does he look like any picture that you have seen here on earth? Oh, great question. And and uh, I, I'm going to disappoint you in the answer. Again, we're, we're talking about Advent, and, and we didn't physically get to see Jesus' birth, mm -hmm. uh, but we believe he was born. We didn't physically see his life and what it looked like, but we believe he had one, and it reflected God. We didn't see him die on the cross physically with these eyes, but we believe it, and we've seen it in our heart. What was fascinating, Linda, about my death experience is uh, I can't tell you anything about what he looks like except his eyes. It was like I was focused on his eyes and, and, and the love coming from his eyes and just the peace and the acceptance of me. And so looking back now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost a little disappointed. I can't tell you if his hair was long or short. Did his hair look like Jacob's or mine? I think it looked more like mine, if anything. But <laughs> I don't remember anything physical uh, about the encounter. Uh, but I know it was him. 
uh, I talked to him. He talked to me. Uh, uh, he showed me things about Urias and his death that this has been three years now. And I just, I have coffee with my wife uh, every morning and we pray together. Uh, and I was just sharing with her yesterday morning I've been trying to figure out why did God show me the death of Urias, the healing of Urias, he even showed me Hannah mm -hmm. and him in the womb. And I maybe was trying to read too much into it, uh, that he was just building my faith in heaven, knowing I'd be back on the earth and I would need to trust him for my heart. Mm -hmm. So I needed a miracle and I got one. Uh, and so uh, the reason I don't talk about it, Linda, I'm, I'm glad you heard me talk about <laughs> it probably a couple of years ago. Uh, I think I disappoint people. I didn't see any angels. I didn't see the saints. I didn't see the throne. I didn't see the river of glass. <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't see the beast, <laughs> you know, uh, out of Revelation. Uh, but I did see the Lord. And I, I can tell you, his eyes, it was like clean and like fire with purity. Uh, it, it, I knew he knew me and everything about me through his eyes. And uh, but I'm so sorry. I can't tell you what he looks like in the traditional pictures, but thanks for asking. Uh, I wouldn't go to Jacob, but I don't think he can help us with this one. Nope. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling, Linda. Uh, Donna, let's take your call. Uh, Donna from, from Texas, uh, you're a Truth and Liberty partner uh, and an AWMI mm -hmm. partner. Thanks for calling me, Donna. Uh, what's your question? Well, um, I was raised in San Diego in a Southern Baptist church up until 10 or 11. And I never remember hearing about Advent. Yeah. I'm sure I did. Yeah. I don't know, but it, it wasn't prominent, you know, no. but now that no, I'm in Texas, it's yeah. Advent, 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 Advent. And I asked my pastor. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I asked my pastor, <laughs> what, what does this mean? What, what is Advent? And he, he told me, but I didn't understand any of it. And I kind of wanted to know oh. where it came from and, and okay. two or less, two minutes or less. What is it? <laughs> uh, we got, we got enough time to, to answer your question before we go to the next segment. Maybe, maybe we can get to some other calls too. Uh, but let me just say that, you know, the traditional church uh, uh, for centuries was, was, was more up to speed with and practicing Advent than the modern day church of today. And, and people like me that, that came out of just religion, just so much religion and so much tradition and so little word of God that those traditions made the word of God an effect. And Jacob mm -hmm. mentioned even growing up as a kid in our home, it's like that was one of my staple scriptures. <laughs> that probably was on the refrigerator. The mm -hmm. traditions of men will make the word of God of none effect. So what I think happened to me and to much of the charismatic word and faith churches is, is we just, we the pendulum swung too far with uh, that concern of just tradition and dead rituals mm -hmm. and religion. We, we, we misunderstood the the symbols. We misunderstood the value, though, of the history, the event, the celebration, culture. Uh, and so the pendulum is swinging back in a lot of independent, uh, charismatic-type churches. Uh, and that, that's what Jacob has done even for our church. So 
Why don't you lean into the history there of yeah. it and maybe explain it. Hopefully, Donna, this time you can understand it. Uh, I'm a simple guy. Uh, <laughs> I pray my children are all simple but profound in Jesus. Uh, we open the broadcast up with, it just means arrival. Mm -hmm. Advent as a word <clears throat> means arrival, which is the birth of Jesus, which yeah. is the first coming leading to the second. That would be the simplest explanation I know of, unless he can make it simpler, but he knows the origin better than I do. Yeah, well, where, where it originated uh, was in the third, fourth century um, when, you know, in the by the by the late second, and then you get into the third and fourth century, um, Christianity was going through uh, a bit of transition and change because it went from being a persecuted minority to becoming um, uh, more publicly approved. And so uh, in, it, it originated with uh, a group of monks that wanted to anchor time around Jesus and uh, learn how to grow deeper in it. That's the simplest I can get. Um, and of course, when anything exists for 1700 years, you have many different practitioners making it far more about the tradition than about Jesus. You have plenty of veins of the Christian church that uh, are more caught up in a legalism and uh, by the time you get to the Protestant Reformation, uh, you have a lot of resistance against tradition. Um, but most of the pro early Protestant churches still celebrated things like this, still celebrated uh, Easter and Lent. That was the season that goes into Easter and Advent. Uh, and as you get further and further off of the Protestant Reformation, you have different groupings, different denominations that uh, that would end all these practices. And we, I don't know why, why many would end it, except to say that maybe it's just too traditional. Um, you still have uh, some churches that are what you call high church liturgy. So these are the very liturgical churches. So you're talking the Catholic church, you're talking um, Episcopal, uh, some Methodist, Lutheran. Uh, Lutheran. So these are high church liturgy. So they still kept those practices. But I was thinking, okay, I'm a charismatic and um, we don't want any of the traditions that, that uh, make the word of God of none effect, but even Paul admonished tradition. So there was, he was under the assumption that there are some practices yes. that actually draw us closer to Jesus if we keep Jesus the focus. Yeah. So it originated 1,700 years ago. It's gone through many different, obviously things have gone good in some cases, there's many places and different groups and different denominations that potentially are doing things around Advent that to them it means absolutely nothing. It's just part of the liturgy. Um, but my hope has been that uh, to restore that tradition in order to get closer to Jesus, not to hold up a tradition. Yeah, I just find these passages so interesting because, again, I, I may have leaned you know, in opposition, I saw what legalism did to, to, to me. I saw what it did to, to untold others. Uh, and, and I just simply knew I don't want that for my children. I don't want that for our church. And so I had that even out of Colossians, there's, there's, there's Mark chapter seven, mm -hmm. verse 13. It talks about them washing their hands mm -hmm. and pots and, mm -hmm. and outwardly 
cleanliness yep. with an evil heart, yep. an unclean heart. And Jesus makes that statement that mm -hmm. the traditions of men mm -hmm. have made the word of God of none effect. And here's what he, I think here's the balance. He said, you hold mm -hmm. to the traditions of men, the symbolism, and, and reject the commandments of God. Yeah. So once you take God out of the tradition, it becomes unproductive, unfruitful, yeah. and counterproductive. But as long as you are using the tradition as a practice, a spiritual practice, to focus on the Lord, to get people. It's like the Word of God. You can take the Word of God, and, and it become the letter, and it kill. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, because there's something greater than the Scriptures themselves. They, they point to something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Jesus said, search the Scriptures, mm -hmm. John 5 39, search the scriptures. You think in them you have eternal life, but they are they that testify of me and you won't come unto me. So even the scriptures, if they're an end in and of themselves, right. that's not good. Yep. You become legalistic. Mm -hmm. uh, but if the scriptures are a means to an end relationship with Jesus, now the word of God is precious. Mm -hmm. And so it is with these, these traditions. But Paul says something here again, positive mm -hmm. about tradition. And again, because I lean the other way for so long, when I begin to share some of these kind of things, I would get pushed back. <laughs> it's like, what? That's yeah. in the Bible? Yeah. He says, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or epistle. In other words, there were some traditions that the Word of God was the foundation of the spiritual practice. Others were verbal, mm -hmm. that this has helped people mm -hmm. in their walk with God. And that is the heart of Advent, Donna, is that we're simply not making a, a celebration of the four weeks, but the person that we're pointing to during the four weeks. All right, we're running out of time. We're going to come back to our phone lines when we get back from our next break. We're going to take a 90, a 90 second break and then we'll come back and again, we'll take your phone calls. Uh, the phone number is 719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. Give us a call. We'd love to converse with you. Be back in 90 seconds. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through ARMY. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. 
Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff. We're having a great time with the senior pastor of Victory Life, Jacob Sheriff. I know a little bit about this, this, this I almost said kid. He's no longer a, a kid. He's been in ministry for over 20 years now and just doing a fantastic job. So we're talking about Lent and the celebration of the birth of Jesus. Advent. Advent. You mentioned Lent mentioned earlier. Lent Thank year. you for correcting me. We're not talking about Lent. That's a few we'll months get, down the we'll road. Get that bit, I think that's months. in April. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, that was funny. We're talking about Advent, which simply means the arrival of Jesus, the first arrival, knowing there's a first Advent and simply a second Advent, the second coming or the return of the Lord or the consummation of the kingdom of God on earth. Man, I look forward to, mm -hmm. to, to that. And so we appreciate your calls. The number again is 719-619-2341. I said that fast, 719-619-2341. And uh, again, I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get some of the questions or some of the calls that I normally get in ministry, mm -hmm. you know, about Santa Claus mm -hmm. and the wise men and all those kind of things. And maybe people have kind of cleared all that up finally. Yes. Uh, but thank you for your calls uh, and your questions. Let's go to the phones again, and we'll take a call from Frank from Missouri. And Frank, you're, you're a regular caller. I I sent your book. You won. You won, by the way, uh, the free book from the last time I was on, my brother. And so oh, I signed glory, the book. Glory. Hey, Rhythms I of so Grace. Uh, I, I so appreciate Father, Son, Team. You know, hey, Amen. Yeah, we yeah, are blessed. You, you, got, you guys are, are double teaming there. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a theological question. But I, okay. I, 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 I gotta, you know, the, I gotta spit a couple of things out. One is like what you're talking about that tradition. It's like a, uh, the the tradition, like in the first century, would be like the charisma, the proclamation of the of the birth and the death. I mean, that's just one seg segment there. And then uh, that Jesus is alive. Anyways, I, I, my theological question, but I wanted to I wanted to give a. a Jacob, a, a verse, it's, a, it's Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. It says, thy words, I found them and I ate them. They were the me, the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, the, the question I have is, uh, is a theological uh, Before question. you ask, Frank, let me, let me jump in because you, you said a lot fast, kind of like that one caller we had. My gosh, it would have taken six programs <laughs> to even address his issues. So uh, let's slow down for just a minute. Um, the the joy. I think you're referring to Jacob talking about joy, right? Uh, yeah, that he was having a tough time. You know, yeah. well, that's his yeah. most whatever. Well, uh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be dad <laughs> and defend him here. Come to his defense. But I, 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 I know Jacob. 
I, I know him personally <laughs> and work <laughs> with him. I mean, he's got the joy of the Lord. I think he was just humbling himself. It's not that he's really struggling with it. It's that that would be the weakest of the nine gifts or, excuse me, fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and I can tell you that the joy I do see in Jacob's life comes from the Word of God burning mm -hmm. in his heart. Uh, and so anyway, I'll let him lean in real quick before we go to the question if he wants to clarify anything. Yeah. So thank you for uh, the verse there. Um, uh, so to, to clarify, it's not that I'm not joyful or that I don't have joy. It's that what I've struggled with is, um, is joy simply an emotion? And I know it's not, but how do you cultivate it with the kind of depth that uh, becomes the joy of the Lord? And so that's what I'm growing in is learning how my love relationship with God, my, uh, leaning on his steadfast love, um, then builds up the joy in me and then that then relationships uh, also is a part of joy. So that's that's part of my own journey growing in joy. Uh, it's not that I'm particularly dour or um, <laughs> uh, I am. I can be pretty serious, uh, though I choose to call it being responsible. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, I can I can jump in here again. Uh, Jacob tends to process things to a level that my brain can't go there anyway. <laughs> And so when he talks about struggling with joy, it, he's far ahead of you and me, Frank, with just <laughs> the joy we have. He's just trying to get to that joy that's unspeakable mm -hmm. and full of yeah. glory. So anyway, <laughs> that was good. You helped us uh, uh, share some things, I think, that'll be a blessing to people. So let's go to your question, Frank. My bad for interrupting. Go. Yeah, the, it, you know, it's inexpressible joy. Again, the scripture, it's like uh, I, I, I wouldn't have any joy if it wasn't for the for for the hey. scripture, some sometimes. Amen. Yeah, Me too, brother. Me I too. Anyways, I do have a theological question, but it's like there's there's just stuff going on. You know how how does this Advent thing? You know how does it? Uh, how you know you talked about Episcopal and you talked about the Catholic. How does that win souls? That's not my question. I'm only supposed to have one. This is the question. Which uh, this is my <laughs> theological question. Which is more important? Uh, you know, uh, God manifest or God incarnate or, or 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 the baby. And I want to quote another scripture before you cut me off. It's God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up unto glory. My question is about God. Which is more important, God manifested or God uh, incarnate? Uh, the, the revelation of who God is in, 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 or, or the baby? Well, let me answer the question you weren't supposed to ask real quick. Uh, <laughs> how does this save souls? Wow. Uh, Frank, this saves souls because as we focus on the beauty of the incarnation, and by the way, what you're quoting there that, that, I don't, I think he just accidentally left out. That's called the mystery of godliness. It's, it's the mystery of godliness. And it all begins with God being human and becoming human, the incarnation, the birth 
of Jesus. So the way it saves souls is it helps keep us aligned properly in our relationship with the Lord. And the closer I am to the Lord, the more passionate I'm going to be, the the more bold I'm going to be. Uh, in Acts, I think it's chapter four, uh, they, they were marveling uh, at the apostles' boldness mm-hmm. and that they called them ignorant. These are, these are ignorant and unlearned men, but they were impressed by their boldness. And so Advent or any spiritual practice that focuses us and aligns us vertically makes us more effective horizontally. Mm-hmm. Winning souls is the outworking horizontally of a alignment and a focus vertically. So it absolutely affects saving souls. Now, that was a question you weren't supposed to ask, but I wanted to answer that because I guarantee you my effectiveness horizontally in saving souls, in seeing miracles, signs and wonders, boldness to lay hands on the sick, it all comes from my vertical alignment first and then is an outflow. As far as the theology, which is more important, I'm going to let Jacob weigh in before I comment because... I'm about to comment. Let me yeah. just let you jump in there. <laughs> so um, when, we, when we talk about the birth of Christ, there's no way to talk about the birth of Christ, which is the initial incarnation, without talking about a baby. Um, but it does our discipleship no good to keep Jesus a perpetual baby. Obviously, we, 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 tr- we, we trust and we follow the risen king. Um, what the the value and and some people might just say this is not for me okay um the value of us paying attention to his birth is to be amazed at his humility yes um, absolutely that the incarnation it god entered this world as a baby he did not stay a perpetual baby so we're not following the baby um we're following the man jesus but by paying attention to um, his entrance into the world, it should bring in us a bit of amazement that, like, man, God would humble himself yeah. to this level. Arrest us. Uh, to, to just and, at, the, at the worst and the most bottom and we of, can't, the, and of we, humanity. And we can't preach the gospel without, without magnifying the humility of God. Mm-hmm. It all starts. And, and, Frank, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but in the— Book of Acts, and I'm the only one I've ever heard pray this way, you know, uh, and people have brought it to my attention. Why do I pray that way? And I had to go, well, I don't know why I prayed that way. Where did I get that? And it's in the book of Acts where they prayed that you would stretch forth your hand in the name of the holy child, Jesus. These were people that had experienced the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the reigning now of Jesus. And when they when they declared healing, when they prayed, it says they prayed in the name of the holy child, Jesus. So him coming as a baby connects to the humility of the gospel, the nature of God, and, 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 and how God loved us so much that he became one of us And if we skip the baby part, there's this concept, you know, God skipped the baby part in the first man. Mm -hmm. Adam wasn't a baby. He was a full grown man when God created him. And that, that led to 
to the destruction of the cosmos, the planet, and darkness invading the world in original sin. God came as a baby showing how much he loved us, how much he identified with us and every part of us, that we've all been babies. And, and, and I remember, and I, I don't want to get hung up here. We, we, we want to let you say some more things here, so be thinking about it. But I remember meditating this through of, of, of what we're talking about, Advent, mm-hmm. taking time to think about this, really think about it. And God so perfectly became a man that he didn't know he was God. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a real man. That's why the birth is so important. The baby part and them praying in the name of the Holy Child Jesus that we're talking about somebody that so perfectly executed our salvation and entered into through the mystery of godliness. God was made flesh. It all starts with the baby. It all starts with the incarnation, the, the virgin birth and, and, and Mary conceiving, but that he became so much one of us Mm -hmm. that he was really a baby. He wasn't in the manger pretending to be a baby. And I've said this before, people laugh. I won't go through it now. But he wasn't in the, he wasn't God. And and he knew he was God and had a conscience awareness of even being God in the manger. He was a man, a real baby. And, and, And he didn't evolve into becoming God, but he did he did evolve into knowing through the scriptures that he was the Messiah, he was God. So it's just powerful, the first step of the mystery of godliness, the incarnation and being a baby. What sayest thou? Yeah, so (laughs) uh, obviously anything good can be taken to an extreme and it can be unhelpful. Um, So uh, us celebrating the birth of Christ and him being a baby of course, there's some people that can take that so far that like they don't care about anything else except that, okay, this is really sweet and all of that. Yeah. So yeah, that can go too far. But again, um, what, what we're in following Jesus, uh, it is important to know his origin. And when you think these things through, like who was he born to? I mean, these are nobodies. Uh, Mary is a teenage girl in, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Joseph, he's, he's probably not more than a teenager. And these people are from nowhere. Uh, and God selected these nobodies from nowhere to be a part of his mission. And so the incarnation, when we, when we, when we only make that just some theological matter, like a high-level theological matter, um, we can sometimes miss the dirt that Jesus was in, the, yeah. the, the ground level earthiness yeah. of yeah. Jesus, that the incarnation isn't just some theological matter. It actually was lived out in a life. And that life began in the conception and the birth. And so it, it, it's not wrong for us to celebrate the birth of Christ. What would be wrong is that we never let him grow from his birth. Absolutely. And we're not disciples of the baby Jesus. We're disciples of Jesus who was a baby, That's but right. was also lived, died, and was raised again. Amen. You know, Frank, I appreciate you so much. Did, did, we, did we answer that? I, I think we answered it, but are you okay with that answer? Yeah, no, you guys are too, it's too awesome. But can I spit one little thing out about Jesus be, being a baby? And, and uh, yeah, and it's something a, 
I just saw that uh, about a baby when he came out of the womb. When he came out of the womb, there was a cry, that and it broke the silence. The second cry was from the cross, and it tore the veil. The third cry is going to tear open the sky. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for letting me hear that, man. That's Bless good, you. Frank. I sure love you. Enjoy the book, Rhythms of Grace. You are a winner. I, I wrote in your book, I signed it, you are a winner. And so you should be getting that any day. Thanks for calling, Frank. Uh, let's go to AJ, uh, one of our subscribers from uh, Michigan. Uh, AJ, what is your question? Hey, Pastor Green, Pastor uh, Jacob. I was wondering, well, my question comes from you guys talking about Jesus as a baby, and when he was in Mary's womb, he went, or Mary went to see Elizabeth, and John the Baptist jumped for joy in Elizabeth's womb. Um, how do we, as Christians, rekindle that sort of flame and fire towards Jesus when we get distracted by the things of the world? Yeah, that's, that's really good. And, and, and let me, I'm going to let Jacob lean in here. Uh, let me just encourage you that I guarantee you, you know, there's just thousands of people that will watch a show like this or, you know, a talk radio program. Mm -hmm. They're never going to call, but they have these questions. They have these concerns. So we really welcome the, the question and the call. It, it really is a good question because many Christians go through these cycles mm -hmm. of this passion and then a lack of passion, fire and on fire and then, and then losing it. You know, I, I just want to say testimonial wise that I'm so thankful to God that I've not had high highs or low lows. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's just been a couple of times, of course, <laughs> when in May of 1980, those of you that know me, you know, you have an open vision of the cross. Yeah, that that's a high for months. Uh, but I actually couldn't have lived at that intensity mm -hmm. and been effective like I am today. And I've had to think this out too. And I've heard Andrew, our beloved, our beloved Andrew, talk about how, man, he, God showed him his love and for months he was a wreck. Well, when I had that open vision of the cross, I mean, I was on fire, <clears throat> but I couldn't, I couldn't hardly speak. I was mm -hmm. crying all the time. I was dysfunctional <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to live like that. But I get what you're saying. I've had these moments where, you know, you just, you really just feel the the passion mm -hmm. and the commitment. And then, then it's, you're having to work through things. Yeah. How, how would you answer that? I, I'd actually be curious how you would answer that. Yeah. Uh, the simplest and probably most uh, relevant across the board is going to be Jesus's words to uh, the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2. He says, you've left your first love. Yeah. Uh, you've lost the love you had at first. Okay, well, if that's us, what then does he say? He says, like, remember then where you've fallen, remember where you've turned, and go do those things that were initially what was generating that love. That's good. Um, so uh, it would be to, to the, uh, rekindle your love for God and then be amongst a community of people who love God and exercise love for one another. That's baseline. That's the simplest. However, there's going to be more to this. Um, you use the word fire, rekindle your fire for God. Um, well, 
what you were saying is that like we do need to manage our expectations in that like we can't think that 24 7 365 days a year for the rest of our lives we're going to be amped to pin <laughs> out of passion yeah. and fire for god yeah you can't live that way uh life needs um a a rhythm to it that isn't one one level uh uh, and this is part of even, even why I, I, I love celebrating Advent um, is by paying attention to kind of highs and lows in life. If life were just one level, our life would be as interesting as a refrigerator buzz. <laughs> That's like the, it, everything's just the same. Yeah. So, um, so that would be first that I would probably just maybe inquire, but, but just offer that uh, if, you're, if you're thinking fire, like amp to 10 passion, that's not manageable. Um, but that isn't to say that you have to lose your passion. You just might lose the emotions that come with the passion uh, through different seasons of life. Um, and for me, this will be my answer, and I'm, I'm not going to impose this on anybody else. For me, the growth and learning of spiritual disciplines have carried me through in my relationship with Jesus when emotions are hot and when emotions are cold. The consistency of just coming to Jesus over and over, recognizing that there's plenty of times I don't feel it. Uh, I'm not having the emotions that come with this. I'm not sensing that passion. Um, by staying faithful to Jesus in my relationship with him, and I exercise that through some consistent spiritual disciplines, um, is what manages through, uh, through the different highs and lows of our life. Because the same would go in marriage that you can't live at like honeymoon passion the rest of your life. Um, but that isn't to say that you have to grow cold right. and hard-hearted towards one another. Right. So how do you manage the highs and lows? of our emotion? You stay consistent. You commit to loving one another. And I'm just convinced Jesus is the truth. He's the way. He's the ultimate way to life. He is who he says he is. And so my feelings and my emotions don't get to determine truth for me. My, the truth is in Jesus. And so I'm going to keep coming to him and keep being faithful to him, keep serving him. Uh, and he's always been faithful to carry me through the low emotion seasons back into a state. Of, but I've been able to keep the passion despite low emotions. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent answer. I hope that that helped. AJ, was there a follow up with that? Are you OK with that? Did that help? No, that was good. And I appreciate you leading me towards Revelations chapter yeah. two. I'm going to. Yeah. For that later tonight. Yeah. And and uh, I don't I don't want to do a shameless plug, but I I, I talked about rhythms of grace, uh, and how that Frank won our free book Rhythms of Grace, uh, and I deal with rhythms mm -hmm. that there's just these rhythms, these spiritual practices, whether you feel them or not, and they keep us connected to Jesus, the source yeah. of our passion, the source of whatever fire is in life. And all of life is a rhythm. I mean, God testifies within the universe, within creation of his eternal nature and power. And you see this in, in winter, uh, spring, mm -hmm. summer, and fall. Mm -hmm. It's not winter all the time. It's mm -hmm. not, I mean, I wish it was spring all the time. That's when the crappie <laughs> are biting. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, and, and there's a, a, a time you're excited about that. But each season, 
has its purpose and its its work in our in our natural yeah. lives in creation itself. And so even in the quote downtimes, I've struggled with this anyway. Now I'm not saying God, and I see how the theology can get messed up here. Sure. I'm not saying God does these bad things to us, mm. but they're a part of the rhythm of life. And you're still learning in those bad, bad times, those challenging yeah. times, those emotional down times. Mm -hmm. You're learning to, to develop your relationship with the Lord. That even in your sufferings, how do you explain suffering and fire? Mm -hmm. They kind of don't go together, except you're in the fire yeah. of being tested. Uh, and those don't always feel good. And yet Paul said, I want to know you. In the, in the power of your resurrection. That's kind of the high part. Mm -hmm. The power of the resurrection. Look at that power. And then the fellowship of yeah. your sufferings. Yeah. And so it, it, it's a reality that the spectrum is, is like this. It just doesn't have to be this yeah. and this. And in Revelation, they had bottomed out. Yeah. And what it was is they, they had left their first love and the first works. You know, one of the things I think that creates fire, passion, is 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 sharing your faith and leading someone to the Lord. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we get so caught up in the disciplines and, and maturing and 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 working on ourselves that we tend to start getting even too introspective. Yeah. And 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 it 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 robs us of joy, it mm -hmm. robs us of that fire. But thinking outside yourself and of others will keep that passion and that fire going as well. So it was a great question, AJ. I appreciate you calling. Well, we're coming down toward the end. And uh, if you want to call, you got to call quick. 719-619-2341. we got about five minutes left. Uh, how would you how would you sum all of this up? How would you encourage individuals in a focus on Advent and maybe again churches? Yeah. So the purpose of Advent is not to celebrate Advent. Amen. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we we got a good a good a good moment there. The purpose of Advent. I'm going back to Donna. The the purpose of Advent isn't to celebrate Advent. Yeah. That's when it becomes a tradition of men that make the word of God of none effect. But the purpose of Advent is Jesus. <laughs> In the same way that like we celebrate Christmas, the purpose of Christmas is not to have Christmas Day and give gifts. The purpose is Jesus. We give gifts, and granted that we, we live amidst all of these other traditions that have kind of all meshed together. We give gifts because uh, Jesus is the ultimate gift uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we practice that by giving gifts as a manifestation of our love for the Lord who God gave us his son. So um, so the purpose of Christmas is to celebrate Jesus and all of these other things of gift giving and time together with family. It should bring us closer to Jesus. And same goes with the preceding season of Advent is the purpose of Advent is not to check these boxes of hope and peace and joy and love to not just go through the liturgy, um, the, 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 the liturgy, a liturgy, we all have a liturgy, but that might be for another discussion. A liturgy is not dead or alive. The liturgy can either be true or false. The person who engages in the liturgy is either dead or alive. So when it comes to scripture readings and different devotional things, the point isn't to do those things just to do those things because that seems to be the Christian thing to do 
or the anti-consumerist thing to do. No, we want to know Jesus. We want to draw closer to him. We want to meditate on the beauty and wonder. And you just think of like you take time to think through every single character that's in the the Christmas story. Think through um, the shepherds, that these are scoundrels and nobodies. The stereotype of the shepherds are that they're hoodlums. They're, they're, they're thieves and robbers and liars. Um, and whether or not those specific shepherds on that night were those things, that was the stereotype. And yet it's to that group of people that is the first announcement of Christ's birth. You think through Mary and Joseph. You think through uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Um, you think through uh, uh, Simeon and Anna at the temple. Like All that's worth paying attention to because of Jesus and, and how God is faithful to us. And when you think about these characters, you start seeing yourself in each of these characters. That's worth taking time to pay attention to and not just rush by. Now, can you read Luke 1 and 2 any time of the year? Absolutely. (laughs) Like you're not just stuck in Luke 1 and 2 is Christmas and I can't read this the rest of the year. It's worth looking at, but but having this season enables us to put a focus on that. Uh, And and as far as churches, uh, go slow. I... uh, When I remember years, this was probably 10 years ago, I just even introduced the word to our church, and I just was real subtle, did a couple Wednesday nights, the four Wednesdays preceding Christmas, just to start, like, I'm not trying to impose a a, a negative tradition. I just want us to focus on Jesus. And then a couple years later, we were able to to do it more intentionally. Uh, And then now, I mean, just... This past, just yesterday in Durant, uh, our Wednesday night services, they're a liturgical service uh, with candle lighting and scripture readings. And all of it is just to bring attention to Jesus. Uh, And even to the question earlier, like, how does this win souls? Well, I've seen people be transformed by focusing on this in such a way that it's drawing people in. Uh, is that the same thing as a salvation message? No, <laughs> but it, it magnifies Jesus. Yes. And when Jesus gets magnified, he draws people to yes. himself. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the, the program today. Thank you so much for the calls, the input. It was a, an eventful day, even with our, our, our caller on President Trump. We've got some <laughs> real issues ahead in the culture in regards to politics, and we'll be helping hopefully navigate those issues. But thanks so much for being a part of Truth and Liberty. Pray about being a partner, a monthly partner. Um, Our partnerships start at only $5 a month, and it will make a huge difference. Truth and Liberty is really a powerful arm of AWMI and reaching a lot of people. And so again, thanks for being with us. Look forward to being with you again. Actually, I'll be back tomorrow at the same time. Thanks for watching. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.